My question is, uh, sometimes we meet some persons. Recently I met a 10-year-old old child who was um, really into this science and there is no existence of God and studying and I was shocked, you know, at such a small age. And he refused to accept this, the existence of God. Is there any point when someone is not even a little bit ready to accept it to debate? with any such person or just give them prasadam and wait? Well, I'm not, first of all, I'm not, first I'm going to discuss something else, apropos to the question, but not, not exactly on the subject of the question. I was just speaking with some devotees in England who are both uh, retired medical doctors, so they're highly educated, and I made the observation to them that, you see, we have now in ISKCON this phenomenon of homeschooling. It started with Ravi Gupta, uh, Radhika Raman Prabhu, and then the other one, the first two, the other one, Ajagovinda. They went to, they were homeschooled on the basis of Prabhupada's books. And then they went to Oxford University at the age of 14 or something like that. And there's a whole crop coming out of devotees teaching children at school, not at school, at home. And they, they, they become super bright. And, and I suggested that it is not necessarily that we have such bright kids in our movement, but it... it it suggests that the education system makes it useless. Otherwise, because so many kids are being homeschooled and they come out with top grades at an early age. So it just suggests that the educational system makes you stupid. And that's one t-shirt motto, right? I was born intelligent, but then I got an education. And it's a fact. And I was discussing with, uh, I was discussing with these devotees. I, I recalling, at school I studied sociology in A level, or if you happen to know what that is. And we were just one of the topics. It went on and on and on about the fishermen, professional fishermen in Hull, which is a low class city. And, you're not allowed to say anything's low class nowadays because everything's all one, right? Men are women and women are men and everything. everything's all the same. But uh, how they go out fishing and then they come back to shore for a short time and they spend all their money on booze, they go on pub crawls. Do you have pub crawls in Slovenian culture? Maybe. Anyway, whatever. And, and I had all these fancy words to describe it. And just in the middle of one of the classes, I said, this is all nonsense. And the teacher said, yeah, but you have to study it to get your, to pass your exam. And he said, soon as you finish writing the exam, you can, f you can forget pretty much all of it because it's useless. The teacher said it himself. <laughs> and then another thing this uh, doctor told me, doctor, devotee, he was, uh, at one point in his career, he was teaching junior doctors or trainee doctors. Uh, 
communication skills because you have to communicate with the patients. And he'd been teaching for a few weeks and one of the students said to him, I, I used to have very good communication skills, but by taking your, your course has systematically destroyed my communication skills. And so I asked him, what did you do? I said, well, I brought it up to the authorities, but they didn't do anything. And he said, I ultimately I got so frustrated, I just got out of that teaching because I realized it's doing more harm than good in many ways. So, 10-year-old boy must have been a hardcore atheist in his previous life. He's, what do you do in such cases? Give them some prasadam. Yeah, you can do. If you can convince a convinced atheist, they'll be the best theists. Those who come sentimentally can go sentimentally. It's more or less an affective experience. Affective means that's concerned with the emotions. So many people, they like to sing and dance and they'll sing and dance along with us. It means they're not grossly envious people. They like to sing and dance and chant Hare Krishna with us. And we a lot of our preaching is on that basis. Festivals, Rathayatras, people come. They like it, it's nice, it's happy. But we have our books also. Mm. The books are to appeal to the intelligence. So yeah, we, we, there should be systematic, Srila uh, Prabhupada writes about that, systematic instruction in philosophy of Krishna consciousness. Mm. We have a lot of work to do. Uh, that's our relatively easy work, is Harinam, festivals, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's, it's relatively easy. And it gets easier the more we do it, because when we first did it, I'm not sure about in this country, but in much of the world, people didn't like it, they mocked us. In, uh, in England, we were regularly arrested or chased by the police for doing public Harinam. So that's changed. And, and people are more accepting and open and they like it. That's the relatively easy part. Convincing people of the truth of Krishna consciousness, that's not so easy. Our movement in the West has largely taken on the the persona of being another New Age cult that we present meditation, mindfulness, chanting, as it were. We, we don't present Krishna very openly. Or, or the, we, we try to imitate some New Age kind of group because people can relate to that. It's easier. It's sometimes called bridge preaching or getting 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 a foot in the door of their consciousness. 
But really we have to convince people that, first of all, you're not the body. Reincarnation is a fact. God is a reality. God means Krishna, the supreme absolute truth. So, yeah, we have a, a lot of work to do. We can't convince everyone on the spot, obviously. We can give the books. We have important books. Life comes from life is a punch in the face to materialistic science, scientism that can be distributed. We need also devotees who, who know the, all this stuff and who can preach on that basis. Although it doesn't... <coughs> It doesn't require high university education to preach basic, to, to expose the basic fallacies of scientism. You know this word scientism? It means dogmatic belief in science, as if almost like a religious belief. So you can ask people who someone's determined. So, do you believe that everything came from Big Bang? You can ask them, yeah. And say, well, can you prove it? He said, no, science has proved it. What's the proof? Ask him, what's the proof? Do you believe in the existence of bosons? And you say, well, yeah, of course I do. Science has proved it. What's the proof? What's the proof? Well, they have the uh, what's that called? The uh, that's that thing. Does it go through Slovenia? It goes from Italy to Switzerland, right? Or if you're in Switzerland, you say it's going from Switzerland to Italy. You say everything's relative. CRN, what's that called? The, the atom smasher, whatever they so a large hadron collider. So, if you are trained, you can devise an, ex an experiment by which you infer the existence of bosons. You can't see it. No one's ever seen it, but you infer its existence according to what you observe. But if your 10-year-old atheist or any other atheist for that matter, including Richard Dawkins, because he, that's not his field at all, if they were to go there and see the and just look at it and see the data produced, they wouldn't be able to interpret it. It's only very few people who are able to interpret it because of their training. So you believe them. You have faith in them. You haven't seen it. Say so that others have. They say, have you seen, they'll say, have you seen God? No, others have. Throughout the centuries, so many people have experienced. We're also experiencing. They, they want to make science just as... Uh, only what we can touch, taste, smell, feel, hear, and think about. But then, uh, K. 
Can you quanti- what we can quantify, but can you quantify love, hate, desire, consciousness? There are very good arguments. And we're not the only ones making them. Christians are making them also. But it's, it's, uh, it's a matter of faith, ultimately. As Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, young purusha, yo Everyone in this world, everyone has, a, has an outlook on life. Here, shraddha can be understood as a certain worldview. And we are defined, we define ourselves and we conceive ourselves and we make our persona according to what we believe what our worldview is. And it's not necessarily philosophical. Most people are not philosophical at all. You could say at least the atheist, he's, uh, he's somewhat philosophical. He's even thinking about it. I, I, as I was growing up, uh, we didn't have any philosophy. We were just going, most people are like, they just go on with life, with God or no God. It's just not an issue for them at all. I don't know about in this country, but it's, it's, they don't even think, is there God or no God? It's just not a question for them in their life. So at least he's thinking about it. The atheists probably think about God a lot more than the theists do, actually. They're, they're really, they're quite fanatical. I, the, 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 uh, <coughs> Richard Dawkins, the most famous atheist in the world, for a few more years, till he dies, he's an old man. Uh, maybe someone else will come up. Sam Harris is, he's quite prominent now as an atheist. And he's a tricky one because he believes in metaphysical things to some extent in a tricky way. <clears throat> but... Uh, he uses the word God far more than most people in the world. In his books, in his talks, he's always talking about God. So they're thinking about God. And that's one of the philosophical proofs for the existence of God, that you couldn't if there wasn't any God, you couldn't even imagine there was a God. And, and then they come up with the, what is that, the spaghetti, flying spaghetti monster. We can imagine there's a flying spaghetti monster, which is an extrapolation of Bertrand Russell's teapot orbiting the earth, or orbiting the moon, or something like that. You can imagine it and believe in it, but it doesn't mean it's true. There might be a teapot. He's a British man, Bertrand Russell, so teapot. He, he used that analogy. And that's been extrapolated to the flying spaghetti monster. We could believe in a flying spaghetti monster, but it wouldn't mean it exists. Uh, however, the belief in God in so many cultures, most cultures all over the world since time immemorial suggests that there is such an entity. And then they say, well, which God, which God do you believe in? He say, the, the atheists, like Sam Harris, will say, I, I agree with you 
in at least 4,000 cases, because you don't believe in Zeus, you don't believe in Odin, and there have been so many gods that people have believed in, and I don't believe in them either, and you don't believe in them either. So you, all you have to do is just one more god you don't believe in, and you'll be on the same page as me. That's one of his arguments. Which god don't you believe in? But then we have an answer to that, that there is one god who manifests himself in various forms, in various times and places, according to people's ability to appreciate him. That those who believe that Jesus is the only way, they can't accommodate that. Anyway, there are good arguments against atheism, but it's they're committed. They're not actually, if they were actually logical and open-minded, then they should be able to accept. Even, uh, <coughs> I was just told this when I was having this conversation that Richard Dawkins, you've all heard of Richard Dawkins? If you haven't heard of Richard Dawkins, you've wasted 90% of your life. Wait a minute, that's Krishna, right? You've wasted 100% of your life if you haven't heard of Krishna. So even he, apparently, recently in one of his said, talks said that the argument for the existence of God from f the fine-tuning argument, which if you don't know what it is, go and look it up on Wikipedia. The fine-tuning argument, he said, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just, he admitted there's a case there, which means there's a chink in his armor. But he said, but we, we can't believe on this God and born from a virgin and resurrection, but there's a chink there. The fine-tuning argument, it's hard to, hard to refute. <clears throat> and that, I suspect, is one major reason why atheists are atheists in the Western world, is that they, they, if they, they'd rather be fanatical atheists than fanatical Christians, and that's that's the alternative that's offered. If you if you believe in God, then you have to go back to this medieval kind of religion, and they think, well, we'd rather be we'd rather be atheists than believe in all that stuff. Then we go back to the Crusades and the Inquisition, and you don't believe in Jesus, you burn for hell in hell forever. So. We can give them Krishna. They'll always be atheists. That's the nature of this material world. Hare Krishna. We'll finish now. All glories to His Divine Grace. Srila Prabhupada. Go Hare Premanande. Hare Hare Bo. And I'm supposed to distribute these. But I won't, because I don't play cartels either, because pain in the arms from, I'll save my fingers and arms for typing, writing books, so someone else can distribute. Lalit Govind Prabhu, you're always giving so much 
Mercy. It switch off the sound. You can go and record it. You're always giving so much mercy to the devotees, so please, on my behalf, distribute. Okay, we can finish. <laughs>